Let me greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank God for bringing us together once again as we go through his word, as we worship him together as a church family um, through singing um, and also um, hearing the word of God. One, um, one of the theologians, I forgot who it is, said that the church's best instrument is her voice. Um, it, is, it is the voice of the people um, singing out to, to God um, that please um, the Lord. So um, we, we should sing with joy in our hearts, amen? Our hearts should be filled with joy as we look to the Lord. Um, let me welcome Thomas, um, um, get to know him um, after church. Also, uh, Johannes, where is he? Happy birthday to, to Johannes. Uh, may God um, raise you in the ways of the Lord, and may God um, draw you to himself each and every day and show you his beauty, and may you find him to be a treasure above all things. Amen. We continue with our series um, looking at John chapter 6 until John chapter 15, unveiling Jesus. Today we look at um, Jesus as the light of the world. In John chapter 8, verse 12, we're going to read John chapter 8, verse 12, and I'm going to go straight to John chapter 9 as well, and I'm going to read in verse 5. But um, allow me to read um, John chapter 9 from verse 1 until verse 5. Um, let me start by reading John chapter 8, verse 12. Look at John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, And again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And John chapter 9, starting from verse 1 until verse 5, as he passed by, he saw a man from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned, nor, or, or, or his parents but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, listen to this, I am the light of the world. And this is God's word. Amen. Our Father and God, you gave us your word so that we can know you. And in knowing you, we can love you. In loving you, we can worship you. We pray, O oh God, even as we draw near to you, even today, as we look at your word, speak to us, O oh Lord. Draw us to yourself. Open our hearts. Open our eyes. Conform our will to your will. Thrill us with your word. Skill us, O oh God, for godly living in the precious name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. One of the greatest tragedies for people today would be to live in darkness when they could live in the light. A story is told of a woman named uh, Rose Crawford who had been, bo who had been born blind for, for 50 years. Then she had an she had an operation at a hospital. Um, after the operation, she said, I, I just can't believe it. As the doctor lifted 
the bandages from her eyes. She, she, she wept when for the first time in her life, a dazzling, a, a dazzling and beautiful world of form and color greeted her eyes. And she could see. The, the amazing thing about this story, however, was that 20 years of her blindness was unnecessary. She, she didn't know that surgical techniques had been developed and that an operation could have, been, could have restored her vision at the age of 30. The doctor said about this situation, she just figured there was nothing that could be done for her condition. Much of her life could have been different. It, it is the same with people today. They, they choose to live in darkness when they could live in the light. They, they deliberately choose a life of spiritual blindness when they could embrace the light of life. Listen to how the testimony of scripture describes sinners. Uh, Proverbs chapter 2 verse 13 says that they are those who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. And Proverbs 4 verse 19 says, The way of the foolish is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Isaiah 5 verse 20 says, They foolishly put darkness for light and light for darkness. And consequently, Jesus says in John chapter 12 verse 35, The one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. He does not have direction. And so in, in, in John chapter 8, verse 12, and John chapter 9, verse, verse 5, Jesus unveils himself here in the second of the I am sayings uh, as the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And again, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And from these two, uh, from, from, from these things, we, 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 from this verse, we see two things here. We see two things. We see, first of all, the declaration. The declaration of Jesus Christ. And secondly, we see the promise. Let us look at them. First of all, the declaration. Both in chapter 8, verse 12, and chapter 9, verse 5, Jesus makes a declaration about himself saying, I am the light of the world. You see, this declaration that Jesus is making speaks directly to the state of the world. The, the, the world is in darkness. and In other words, it is a sin-cursed world. The, the evidence of this is all around us. That The headlines of newspapers and, and news programs bear witness to this reality. Think about, th think with me for a moment about recent events that happened in our, in our country. A few days ago, the, the government released South Africa's crime statistics for 2017 and 2018, and they show that 20,336 people were murdered in the last year. The police minister said that these statistics bring us closer to a war zone with 57 people murdered in a day. And as if that is not enough bloodshed, a few days ago, a 17-year-old uh, uh, learner stabbed a 24-year-old teacher to death. Right here in, 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 in Northwest. 
these things are happening around us. They, they display that the world that we're living in is filled with deep darkness. And I could give you more examples about these things, but the point is this. The world without Christ is plunged into deep darkness. And this is clear uh, uh, by the conduct we see everywhere around us. And although this is the case with the world without Christ, it is even sadder when those who profess their allegiance to Christ, those who identify themselves as Christians, display darkness rather than light in their lives. The, the hatred, the, the quarrels, marriages that are plunging more and more into confusion, families that are dysfunctional, yet they identify with Christ. And this is a clear indication that many Christians do not understand what it means to know Christ as the light of the world. Well, when Christ makes this declaration, it was in the context of um, the Feast of Tabernacles in chapter 8. And verse 20 tells us that he was speaking in the treasury as he taught in the temple. Uh, chronologically, the word in verse 12, the word again, um, connects with chapter 7, verse 37 to, to 52. The place in which Jesus was teaching was referred to as the court of women. For, and, and, and in the court of women, um, during the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles, there were four huge torches that were lit to give the light to, 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 to almost the whole of, of Jerusalem. The, the way those torches um, uh, were shining bright. And it is, it is, it is in the midst of, of that context when that was happening that, that um, um, Jesus um, introduces himself or unveils himself as the light of the world. You see, the light that was um, um, lit on the, on the torches, on the four torches, served as a reminder to Israel of the presence of God in the wilderness after their exodus from Egypt. So whenever they, 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 they had the Feast of Tabernacles and, 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 and lit those torches, they would be reminded of the presence of God. So when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, that they should be reminded of God who in the glory of his presence led them to the promised land and protected them from those who would destroy them with a pillar of cloud by day and of fire by night. They, they, they should be reminded of that. They, they should recall the words of David in Psalm 27 verse 1 when he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. They, they, or, or, or they should recall the, the, the promised Messiah in Isaiah 49 verse 6 who is appointed as a light to the Gentiles that, that he might bring God's salvation to the ends of the earth. They, they, they should be reminded of these things. The, the metaphor of light here speaks of the state of the world as I said. And also speaks of the solution that the world needs. Jesus testifies, I mean, John testifies that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Look at in, in chapters 1, or, or, uh, verse 5. He says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And again in verse 9 of chapter 1 in, in John, he says, the true light which enlightens everyone 
was coming into the world. When you hear this, normally you would expect people that are in darkness to embrace the light, right? You, you would expect them to run to the light. But scripture shows us a different sight. John chapter 3 verse 19 and going with it says, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. Listen to this. And people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and, and does not come to the light, lest his works, his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. The, the, the point is this here, that because people love their sin, that they love their sin, they would rather stay in the darkness rather than come to the light lest their sin be exposed. Instead of running to Jesus for deliverance from sin, they run away from him so that they can continue enjoying their sin. I think it's Thomas, um, Thomas Watson, one of the, the, the Puritans. He says that we must kill our dearest sins. The, the sins that we hold dear to us, we must expose them to the light of Christ. A friend of mine from, from Botswana told me a story about the Masara tribe. And uh, he says that the, the Masara tribe live in, in the desert and are some of the poorest tribes in Botswana. So the government has relief programs that, that are targeted towards the Masara tribes. So they would send trucks, trucks that are full of food to the desert with, with food parcels so that they can offer relief to these people. But a lot of times when they, they go to the desert with these trucks, they usually come back with those trucks full of food again. They are, every time, unsuccessful. And the reason for this is that when the Masarwa sees the trucks from afar, instead of running to the trucks and welcoming these people, what they do is run away from the trucks. Every time they run away from the trucks. And this is the same idea. Jesus, the light of the world, has come into the world to deliver the world from the bondage of sin. The, the, the bondage that is the, the, the darkness of sin. Instead of running to him and embracing him, they run away from him. And in this case, because illustrations don't go that far, in this case they run away from him because they don't want him to snatch sin out of their lives. Jesus represents himself here in, in, verses, in, in chapter 8, verse 12, as the light of the world. And it, it indicates that in the midst of, of sin-laden mankind, exposed to the judgment and, 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 and in need of salvation, mankind in all its phases, I mean, the meaning Jew, Gentile, young and old, male and female, rich and poor, free or slave, he, he, Jesus stands forth as the source of, of man's illumination regarding spiritual matters and of the everlasting salvation of God's children. He comes to the light of the world to open the eyes of the blind. What we see in chapter 9, verse 1 to 5, 
Jesus did not just perform miracles for a show. Every miracle revealed something about Jesus Christ. When in chapter 9, uh, the disciples look at this, the, the, this man and, and they ask Jesus, was this man born blind because he sinned or was it because of his parents? And Jesus Christ uh, answered the question by saying, it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So Jesus Christ healed this man. He, 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 he opens the eyes of this, this man. And this is the, 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 the point. The whole point, the whole illustration, the, the, what he wanted to communicate. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He gives vision to the blind. And, and, and this vision, so that I, I, I am clear, this vision, you can be physically blind, but see Jesus through faith. This is Christ comes into the world to open our spiritual eyes. To, 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 to show us the true light. So he says, I am the light of the world. And not only that, he makes this declaration. And this declaration is by a promise, which leads us to our second point. The promise. Look at verse, um, chapter 8, verse 12. This promise is clear. It is full of hope for those who are weary of, of a life of sin, a life of enslavement to the world. He says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, the question then is, is what does it mean to follow Jesus. What, what does it mean to, to follow him? It means two things. It means to trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. To trust is to believe in him, to, to see him as enough and sufficient and, and to place your hope in him. And, and to obey is to love his commands. And to seek, to seek him with, with heart and soul. And, and to keep his commands. Jesus in John chapter 14 verse 15 makes it clear that commitment and love for him is displayed in obeying him. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. In other words, these two things, trust and obey, are a call to be committed disciples of Christ. To be committed disciples of Christ. And note that it is not just disciples, right? It's not just disciples, but it is committed disciples. In other words, Jesus calls us to make him a priority in our lives, not just a footnote in our lives. A true disciple of Christ is fully committed to him. There are no other masters that are competing for your attention as a true disciple, competing for your allegiance. This means that in everything that you do, your desire is to seek the honor and the glory of God. Whether it, it, it is as a husband, you want to glorify him 
by loving your wife as Christ loves the church, by pursuing her, by, by seeking her, her, her holiness, by, by seeking and preparing her for glory. Or as a wife, your, your, your desire is to want to submit to your husband and, and to submit under his leadership as Christ, as, as, as the church does to, to Christ. Or as a parent, you, you want to raise your children in the ways of the Lord. You want to bring them up in the ways of the Lord. And you want to demonstrate that also by your example because you cannot tell them to go in the way of the Lord while you're going the other direction. Your desire as a disciple who is a parent is to show them what is important in your life, that it is the Lord. Or as a single brother or sister, you want to live a life of holiness and purity. As an employee, you want to be, to be diligent in your work. You want to work, um, you want to be the best in, in what you do. You want to work in such a way that God will be honored with the works of your hands. The idea is that a follower of Christ will seek to reflect Christ to the world. Jesus says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In other words, the evidence that one is a true disciple is seen in their walk first before their talk. A lot of times we love to talk, right? We love to talk the language of the disciple, but we don't want to walk the walk of the disciple. So Jesus Christ is saying, a disciple walks the talk. A true disciple. They, they, they do not walk in darkness, but they have the light of life. True discipleship is, is, is the transfer from darkness to the light of life, from enslavement to, to freedom, from, from, from a slave to sons and, and daughters. That is true discipleship. And, and even as I conclude, I want you to, 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 to know that this has implications on how you live as a follower of Christ. It bears a lot of implications. Jesus is the light of the world. And our call is to reflect him to the world. Right? The Bible says we should shine our light before men so that they may see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. In other words, our, our purpose in the world, <clears throat> the purpose for which God has placed you where you are, whether it be um, in that neighborhood that you're living in, whether it be in, 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 in that workplace that you're working in, whether it be at that school that you're going to, uh, everywhere that God has placed you as a disciple, your purpose, your mission is to reflect Christ to them, to reflect the light of the world to them. And if they are not seeing the light of the world through you, then there must be something wrong. Just as the moon reflects the radiance of the sun, we are called to display him to the world. We are called to display him to the world. When Jesus Christ says, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. He, he, he's saying that those who follow him will, 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 will display, will, will have his light in their lives. And, and this light in their lives, they will reflect and they will show to the world. Your purpose as a Christian is to obey the great commission to go and make disciples. 
When a church, let me, let me say this, when a church is not concerned with the Great Commission, then we are not concerned with the heart of Christ. When that is, our, is not our concern, we can pray as much as we pray about numerical growth here at church. We can pray as much as we pray. But we'll continue to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle until the doors close. Christ said he will build his church and he does so through his disciples, those who follow him, those who come after him, those who have the light of life to shine and display the light. We exist here in Rustenburg as a church to shine the light as much as we can to show that Christ is the Lord of the world. Amen. Indeed, Lord, your word is clear. We have heard. Convict our hearts that we may obey. Amen.